Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Today's episode is very special because it's not every day that you get to talk to some mentors in the business field over 30 years and yet as burning with such a fire for the kingdom of God. Well, today's my VIP guest, Don W. Long, is such a leader. In this episode, we talk about that how can you find that your unique blueprint that God has placed inside of you. And we also talk about what are some of the main factors to growing a successful business or company that you might be surprised. Next, we also talk about what makes a difference in the companies who stay small versus those who explode to large operations. There's no right or wrong you want to stay small or you want to create a large companies. It really depends on what God put inside of you. Now, let me tell you who Don is. His greatest passion is leading others to step into their authentic identity, unleash the power within, and live their boldest life. He believes that we were all born with a unique DNA, destiny, and purpose. It's living inside us now, and all we have to do is uncover it. Don learned to sail out of desperation. Don and his wife began their married life of living well below the poverty line. He put a foot on the table for more than four years by selling Krispy Kreme donuts door to door. He then went on to sell vacuum cleaners, alarm systems, 18-wheel education courses, and whole lot of stuff. I so can relate with him because I have done the same. <laughs> then in 1986, he partnered in a business over the next two decades, he helped it rise to the top 5% in the field and started another multi-million dollar company in the process. By 2017, his business was in the top 1% of the companies in the U.S. in the industry. And by 2019, he sold their business for eight figures. Now, he helps small business owners, CEOs, founders, and all types of entrepreneurs do the same by teaching them to create lifetime clients and no one can ever steal. Impressive, right? Are you excited? This episode was so rich that I have to go back to rewatch the episode and make a lot of notes. So now, let's check with them. Welcome to the show, Don. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, obviously, in the introduction, I already uh, shared that your impressive, uh, you know, history of all the credentials, all the journey that you have done in a very uh, short amount of time. So we always love to hear the the real person that tell us a little bit about, you know, how did you arrive to where you are today. Well, um, thanks for having me on your show, by the way. But I have had a journey for the last 38 years in different types of businesses. I 
was accused of being an entre, uh, a serial entrepreneur uh, in 2017, which I'd never really even thought of myself as that. But I have founded or either co-founded six different businesses. And, uh, you know, they started with just different types of things. And two of them have become really successful. And the last one I sold in the beginning of 2019 to start a new part of my journey uh, that I feel like the Lord is kind of taking me on. So that's kind of a broad picture of, uh, you know, the last 38 years. I, I think part of uh, maybe something that uh, your listeners would like to hear is how I ended up where I'm at now. I was running a company that was already really successful. It was in the top thousand companies in the United States that do what we did in that particular industry. But I felt a burden in 2016, starting in that time frame to actually start writing uh, some books and and had some downloads from heaven, for lack of better terms, uh, insights of things that we needed to change in our nation. Uh, And that um, the, by and large, the Christian entrepreneurs had left the gates of dominion uh, and had let the wrong things in. And so that's kind of why my path led me. And it almost became somewhat of a, a burden from the Lord where I felt like I, I had to do it. And I really was not looking to sell my business. And of course, that's all kind of a supernatural thing that happened. And, and it just kind of came together pretty quickly. And so here I sat in front of you talking with you. Okay, so I'm sure that my audience or later on, they watch the YouTube, they kind of just start to say, what exactly happened? That's say, obviously, we have limited time here, but I think they are very will be very interesting to know that, you know, uh, when you say that when you come to the Christian entrepreneurs, that we kind of uh, need to get back to our dominion. What does that mean? Well, what it means for me is I don't know if you're familiar with uh, kind of the mind molder message or the seven mountain message or any of that. And so Lance Wallnow is one of my main mentors and has been for a couple of decades. I don't know if you know Lance, but Basically, what it means to me is finding the book that I just released is called The Blueprint of God. And let me backtrack a little bit. Now, I'll, I'll get to the to that part in that book. It, the original title was The Wisdom of the Serpent, Saving the Systems the Father Loves. Mm. And what I realized is, and it all started with a revelation in John 316, which all good Christians know that scripture, right? <laughs> yeah. The problem that we have with that scripture, and I'll just give you that little backdrop to tell you where the gates are at, is that if you read John 316 and 17, what you'll find is that man is only mentioned once and the world is mentioned four times, four to one. And if you research that word world, it means cosmos our orderly arrangement. That's Mm -hmm. Strong's definition. That's a couple of them. So what I realized is, is that God, the Father, is interested in saving the systems that he created for our advantage and our furtherance as his sons and daughters. And I realized that there's probably more than seven mountains, but we have left the gates, if you will, of authority in these mountains and have not done our job as discipling our nation and other nations so that we would have sheep nations. And so part of the journey, the very first chapter of the book talks about God's systems and how we've got to go back to the gate. Back in the Old Testament times, the elders sat in the gates and the gates were where all the laws were made. 
And that's where they created the laws of that particular city. So whatever enters the gates of your city is what's going to become law. And if you let the wrong things in, then your cities are, you know, kind of end up in the bad place. And one of the things that I realized is in 2017, when I got the download of this book, um, the Lord challenged me and he said, a lot of a lot of our Christian faith in America is under darkness. And I, I said, Lord, I don't understand that topic. I don't even understand that thought. And he said, well, son, if you don't, if you don't believe what I'm saying, all you have to do is look at your nation. And when you look at your nation, is it more godly than it was when you were a child? Number one, there, all the social statistics you get, divorce rate, uh, abuse, murder, go to just pick any social statistic and tell me, was it better 30 years ago than it is now? And if that's the case, then your Christian faith is not doing the same thing that your founding father's Christian faith did. They birthed a nation and we are not stewarding what was been birthed. And that's kind of how my journey started down this path of authoring that book and um, why I took the path that I've taken and I'm sitting here with you today. Um, I'm originally from Taiwan, and in last, you know, uh, 18, 19 years as a family, we have been relocated over three, four continents, and U.S. is like our second home because we've been lived there for over 10 years. Wow. And so I, you know, totally can resonate why you just share in different angles and perspective because I had to fight to become yeah. a Christian when I was in Taiwan. 20 something years ago. And uh, so, because that moment, Taiwan is, we only had 2% of people, 2% of population were Christians. And so once I decided you want to get baptized and, uh, you know, my mom pretty pretty much disowned me because Mm. she couldn't uh, understand, accept, and also already in my family was a chaotic situation. Now, my pastor, he is American. He was called to Taiwan and then uh, with his lovely wife. So I would say as a non-American, but a dear friend of Americans, guys, there's so many friends from America. It's it's about time that we need to wake up a little bit. It's, you know, when... uh, you know, America, the in Chinese language, literally, is, we, we say Mei Guo, literally mean beautiful nation. Mm-hmm. And, and that is because you guys, like so many uh, years ago that you sent so many missionaries and, and, and to go out to your, out of your country, although your country is young, but you, you, you do so many good things, advance kingdom a lot in all different kinds of countries. And uh, uh, Taiwan is one of it as well. And so I think now it's just like, kind of, I feel like what the work I'm doing, my, my mission in this season is to feed the sheep in the marketplace. That's mm. God show on my birthday and literally audibly, he said that when I, we still live in Vegas. Now, the thing is interesting that it kind of, I feel like my word now, it kind of so, so back or what I received before from my American pastor is kind of now, you know, it's God will use a Taiwanese girl and to, you know, majorly my 85% of my clients, they are from America. Yeah. It's like, 
kind of wake, uh, kind of activate the greatness back, you know, or inside the Christians. Yeah. Like, you know, as you said, that kind of we let the gate that we did not, we did not take that position or hesitate okay. to that position. Okay. I love your book about, you say, uh, sell or don't eat. Because <laughs> we have so much misconception or many, sadly, many ch- churches that told wrong, told incorrect, you know, knowledge or information right. to the church goers about when it come to these um, you know, anything, sales, sales, business, prosperity, and mm-hmm. kind of we have all different camps. Yes. And, and rather than look at the Bible and what God has intended to, to do, what would you say, what is that unique blueprint as Christian entrepreneurs that you well, follow? Yeah, so what I did is if you go to, I'll just give you, uh, kind of a, a roundabout answer to that, because I think every individual believer, actually every person that's a human being has the thumbprint of the father upon their DNA when they're born. Uh, some people recognize it, get born again, embrace it, walk out their life as sons and daughters of the king. Others, unfortunately, don't find it. But the only way you can't have the blueprint of God inside of you is not be a human. So if you're not a human, you don't qualify. Uh, you know, so that that's the only way. But what ends up happening is finding that unique DNA inside of you from the Father. Desire realized is like a tree of life. It says in Proverbs, and and so basically, He puts dreams, desires, and destinies in the heart of every human being. And the blueprint for you finding those are already inside of you, according to Psalms one thirty nine. David talks about, he says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you realize that before you were born, Kelly, you were his standard? Mm. I want you to think about how you would live your life if you believed that before you were even born out of your mother's womb, you were God's standard. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. The interesting thing about that scripture is you read a couple verses and you see that there's this word in the old English that says he placed his substance in us. David said that substance, that word substance kept jumping off the page at me. And the Lord showed me that is the thumbprint and the DNA from the father that's put in every individual before they're born. It's in your substance. And within that substance is your blueprint. It's mm-hmm. your gifts, talents, and abilities. It's the things you burn for. It's the life that you've longed, that you dream to live. It's an invitation from the Father, if you will, to walk out your dreams and destinies. And so in an entrepreneurial sense, which our nation is an, a nation of entrepreneurs, you know, people, you know, even if you're not a Christian, but the Christian entrepreneur has to find the things they burn for. And I love, I don't know if you know uh, Bill Johnson or not, but yeah, I'm about, yeah. okay, so Bill makes this statement. He's one of my mentors. He makes this statement, what feeds me feeds them. So finding your tribe and feeding you is of utmost important with what you burn with and that matches the blueprint of God on the inside of you and your destiny, dreams, and desires. And as you give that away, it feeds them, Damn whoever God. them is. And everyone has a different tribe, if you will, a them, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I've tried to live. That's kind of how the blueprint message came it was really about the wisdom of the serpent, the three, and if people can grab a copy of the book, but the three main scriptures that are the Trinity of the foundation of the book are uh, Proverbs chapter 13, 12, which talks about desire realizes like a tree of life. And what that means to me is that once you start living your dreams, 
Do you realize that people can taste eternity through you? Mm-hmm. Jesus said, taste and st- the taste the the kingdom. So how do you taste and see the kingdom? You see it through the glory of God being upon man, being fully alive and extending that through his business, then it through his entrepreneurship, through the companies he runs, through the people he deals with and finding that passion that makes you burn. Cause when you burn, you set other people on fire. And so what I ended up finding that the other scriptures, uh, which you probably are familiar with, it's the only place in the Bible where it talks about what Lucifer looked like when he was perfect. And it talks about he had the seal of perfection. He was full of the sum of wisdom and perfect in beauty. I have three chapters in the book. One of them is seal of perfection and one of them is on the sum of wisdom. And the last chapter of the book is is on beauty. And what I realized is, is how closely our creation, when we're living out our perfect faith, matches what God did because God created Lucifer. He was perfect in all his ways. And the interesting thing about it is Jesus had this teaching And he told the disciples how to be successful in life with one verse. And we've missed this. Most of our Christendom has never taught on this subject at all. You've never heard it taught in depth, and I haven't either. And he said, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Mm. And what I realized when the Lord started taking me through this, he started showing me what the wisdom of the serpent looked like in acting and living out life Mm. and how we use that. For we use that to get close to the world so that when we get influence, we release the dove. See, it's all about releasing the dove. But yes. it's all through it's all through the scriptures. I mean, I one chapter I talk about a lot of the Old Testament saints. Moses was hidden. Nobody knew who Moses was. Uh, David, no, David was the eighth son in a line of, of, of eight kids. Nobody even cared enough about David to invite him to the dinner when the prophet showed up. So nobody right. knew who David was. He was hidden. See, this is God's prototype is he hides us in plain sight in the world, and he wants us to leaven the world. Mm. It leavens the whole lump. When you show up, you change everything because of the authority you carry and the blueprint you have inside of you. And if you learn how to enact that out through your business, people can actually taste eternal fruit through the business practices you put out in the world, which is so cool to me. Exactly. I don't know. Sometimes people say, you know, uh, be a Christian is quite boring. I don't know where they have been living. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, my journey is pretty exciting. I think some, yeah. some can become a movie. I mean, a couple of movies. That's right. So, so I'm sure that if uh, 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 the audience are listening to this and watch this, and then now their next main question will be, Don, that sounds super cool. So how can I how can I get to that? And uh, in my tribe, we often talk about, you know, it's an intimate relationship with God mm. in order to access that what everything that yeah. God has for you. So what would you say that in all your, uh, this fantastic journey, that what is your personal uh, practice when you come to uh, talking to God, seeking God's uh, wisdom in your business? Well, my, probably my highest value, I'll, I'll go at the question a little bit like this. What I had this experience with God, which is part of the, part of the story in my book in 2006. And it felt like that God moved into our house and set up a place of habitation. And I don't know how to explain it any other way than that. But what ended up happening out of that season, because I don't want to be too mystical because it's available for every believer. But what ended up happening is he baptized me in what I call sonship. 
Mm-hmm. And what I started realizing is when you, just like you're a daughter, a daughter, son, it's the same thing in the kingdom. They both mean the same thing. We have equal rights in the kingdom of God. Once we're born again, there are no second class citizens, no matter what your gender is. Right. So when you come in that boat, the way I communicate to the father and I do it daily in the mornings, just to, I usually do it before I go work out. That's my time with him is that I talk to him like a son. Mm-hmm. He taught me about sonship most of my life through to be raised by a spiritual father and also a natural father. But then when I had this, what I call encounter with him in 06, it changed my whole life again. It was almost like being born again, again. Um, And so what I started relating to him as a son instead of a slave. And most of the Christian people that I meet, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, they still actually talk to God like they're not family. Yeah. And so when I sat down with him, it's almost like me and the father are sitting down at the business table and we're doing business together in the world. That's what the kingdom is. And so the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me through the directives of what the father wants to have happen. And then I take Jesus with me when I go into the marketplace. And it's almost like a relationship for me that really changed my whole perspective in building businesses is when I started relating to him as a father instead of relating to him as God first. Do you realize that scripturally in a context, Jesus is the one who set this context, that he wants to be known as father first and then God? Mm. Because Jesus said, he taught the disciples how to pray, our father. Father. He didn't call him God. As a matter of fact, if you study the life of Jesus, what you'll find is the only time he referred to the father as God is when he was dealing with the Pharisees and people who did not understand how to relate to the father. That was the only time all of his personal contact with God in his prayers and the way he talked to the disciples about it, it was always about an intimate relationship with the father. And the word of God says he came to know he came that you might know the father. Right. And it's like, boy, when we get this, look, I know you, I heard your story and I heard some of the stuff you lived through to get here. And I, and I admire that so much. But I tell you what, when we start the, the, the Christian church in America and all the nations, but especially America, when we start stop acting like orphans and start acting like sons and daughters, we will go back to the gates again and infuse the authority of God in our nation. Yeah, exactly. So what would you say when you come to uh, growing the successful company? What are some of the main factors? Well, oh, that's, that's, that's two or three hours worth of talk there. Uh, yeah. for, me, for, for me, it's about, um, I guess, once I got the companies that I was running at, to a successful level, it was about being about building successful teams. It's about being able to duplicate your leadership. It's about you caring enough about your people uh, that you help grow in the companies you run to actually, you know, you've heard the saying lots of times, people don't really care what you know unless they know you care, right? And so for me, uh, the the empathy piece is about opening the door. As a matter of fact, in my book on sales, the very first two chapters are on the real you and authenticity which has to do with you being vulnerable enough to let your team have your heart. They're not interested in your head if they don't have your heart, right? And so I always, once I figured this out, I started making my my senior team, my inner circle, it's John Maxwell's Law of the Inner Circle. I started making that my priority as far as how I interacted with people. 
And I think for me, I treat, started treating people, and I always did this, but after I had my encounter of six, it's almost like I turned it up a notch. I started treating people like sons and daughters of God, regardless of whether they were or not. Mm. It didn't matter whether they were my clients or whether they were my, the people that were my team members that worked with me. And I'll stop looking at people as employees. I don't even like using the word. I use the word either team members or these people are the ones who help us run this thing and get this done. I want them to be included in the ownership of the business. And when you start treating people like owners, you're always going to have, in a big business anyways, you'll always have paycheck players, which I do not like, okay? But because that's not God for me. But when you start treating people like owners, you'd be surprised at how people elevate their whole persona changes. They actually start feeling like they're part of the process of the world they're creating. And look, it's pretty simple. Happy people are productive people. And so <laughs> we, tried to, we tried to create a spirit of pursuit of happiness within our company structure. It was part of what we taught on in our culture all the time. And we talked about, you know, real issues and, you know, people have their personal problems at home. So when they bring them, you can't have a personal life that sometimes you don't bring the work. That's not real, you know? And so we tried to help people through those processes. And so I would say, you know, probably the top things for me, if I was just kind of to pull it together is to treat people like you wanted to be treated and also treat them like they are sons and daughters of the King right off the bat, no matter what they're treating you like. And as you start doing that and seeing that and developing that connection with people through empathy, authenticity, and being real, you know, my dad taught me a long time ago. He said, son, the truth is always the truth. And, and, and I, and I said, I don't understand that dad. I was a little kid when he was talking to me about it. And he said, well, see, when you tell a lie, you have to tell another lie to keep covering up for the lie that you told and you'll forget it. But you, the truth might have different adjectives as far as the way you explain it, but the story never changes. So that's that such good. a goal when you talk about when we look at and treat people like us, they are son and daughter of God. I think that is the biggest, uh, um, that, that is the biggest takeaway. Uh, sometimes even when it stand out for even as parents or a family member, sister, brothers, our thing. And then, you know, we all have those moments that, you know, we don't get along with each other well but when we have that in mind say don't forget they are the sons and daughters of the same god then you know suddenly that that will put you put ourselves in a much better perspective i think one of the uh often uh i got got asked often is what make the difference in the company who stays small and those who you know is body to the large operations i think the uh my audience have have both he's at both camp you know some they say you know i don't want to go big i want to you know i'm happy to stay small and then lean but some of them they say hey no god called me to really scale up to another level so then i can impact more lives so what would you say what is the difference it's really simple well you just hit one of them so one of them is personal desire Mm-hmm. So I believe that 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 you're born with a blueprint because I wrote the book, The Blueprint of God. So <laughs> I, I believe that the blueprint dictates through your desires that are already inborn the path you should take. 
And then it's up to you to dig the gold out and find that treasure that's hidden inside of you. Mm -hmm. So the first one you just hit when you said some people only want a small business. Well, see, I think that's fine. I think if that fits them and fits what they're called to, that's perfect. You know, if that's what you want. But if you want to grow a bigger business, and I think your question was probably more rooted in if people want to grow a bigger business and they haven't been able to, what's the thing that makes the difference? And I can tell you, I'm finishing a product. Actually, I was doing some of the filming this morning. It's called World Class Business Systems. And it's called in systems, the three Ps, plans, policies, and procedures, and measuring systemization of everything, being able to duplicate everything, whether you have 30 offices or 300 offices. Mm. And they're business systems. If you don't build systems, you can never be any bigger than you and a few people. Yeah. But when you start building systems and, and what I call, I call these, I had a, a great business mentor who was a multi multi-millionaire and he taught me about impact areas. And I don't know if you're, some of your people might be familiar with them, but most companies, uh, if you're a CEO of a large company, you will have anywhere from 10 to 15 major impact areas that impact your business. And he taught the process of working on those impact areas as a CEO one hour each week in your business and mm. working on it. And this whole factor of working, most, most small companies stay small because they always work in the business. Right. They never work on the business. You know, Tom Watson, who, who ran IBM in the beginning, made this statement, which I thought is telling. He said, I don't sell the software. I work on how the software will be sold. Mm-hmm. That's the difference in working in the business and on the business. And when you're a new entrepreneur, you have to do both, obviously. And I think it's healthy. And the way I teach it is the 80-20 rule. Even when you have a large company with thousands of employees and people and team members, I think that even then you should spend 20% of your time in the business because I think you lose touch if you don't. Yeah. But I, I think at that time, you should be spending 80% of working on the different impact areas that you have and refining them and making them better and being able to communicate them through the, to the ranks. Because look, you know, and I know it's easy to communicate to 10 people. It's mm-hmm. not as easy to communicate to 10,000. Exactly. It's a different story. And so the systems is, is has to do with everything. And I, I basically in the product that I'm, that I've developed that I ran my other companies with it's 12 impact areas. And uh, I was working on one of them today. And i just to give you the one that I filmed today. It was on leadership. So one of the, one of the impact areas is on leadership, teaching people how to lead, teaching, what does that mean? How did you define that in your company? How do you take the ecosystem that's in California where your corporate office is and make sure it's in North Carolina where I'm at? you know, and those type things. And there's a leader, can leadership look the same in North Carolina as it does in California? Well, if it can't, you don't have a good ecosystem built yet. Yeah. It reminds me that uh, because both my husband and I, our formal corporate life is um, from the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Uh and also uh, the Grand Hyatt uh, International chain. So I remember, um, you know, the first thing, they asked us to, after we got promoted one level up, is we have to sit down to write a task breakdown. Yes. <laughs> so from how to make a cup of coffee to the take the coffee cup down, the saucer, the 45 degree of the year, all those kind of things. Yeah. And I remember up to today, I mean, that's like, again, 20 something years ago, the leader uh, then say that because we want to make sure we don't mind it's either you serve that cup of coffee or it's the 50,000 of the employees serve a cup of coffee that when the guests come into our hotel, they will experience exactly the same. 
Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. And, and that's what uh, the why so important about system. Absolutely. You know, the, the other thing is they basically had you write a job description. And I just give this brief story. Before 2006, we had built some of those things in our company. But around 0405, we started making some transition. I paid, and I, I'm, um, I don't know if I got the value out of it, but I paid the uh, business consultant $60,000 in 2006 to come in and revamp all of our systems, all of our job descriptions, all of our electronic, uh, our connectivity with the internet, all those type of things. And, uh, and it, was a, it was a rude awakening because he was like, he was paid to actually make it the best and it, it worked me over the process. But what ended up happening out of that, this will, this will go to why you need them. We grew our business into the top 5% of companies. There's approximately almost 100,000 companies we competed with in the United States. We grew in the top 5% by 2006-7. Well, by the time I sold the business in 2000, at the end of 18, the beginning of 19, we had grown in the top 1% out of 100,000 companies because of systems. This Systems make a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. Well, Don, I cannot thank you enough for today's time that you come on um, uh, the show. And um, maybe you can leave us some uh, just departing wisdom when you come to, especially at the time of we're going to release this episode uh, in uh, two weeks or so, that okay. the globally we are still dealing with a, a bit lockdown of the COVID and a lot of uh, business owners and Christian entrepreneurs are asking a question mm-hmm. is, what can I do? Yeah. to make sure that I'm prepared for this. Yeah, so here's what I always do, because this is what I've taught my, both I have two girls and they're both pretty much grown now. One of them's married now on her own. She's an entrepreneur herself. But the uh, thing that I learned in, in uh, uh, years ago was I was in a trying time in my life, not probably a little bit different than we're in now, but it, was, it felt as big then as it was you know, now. And the Lord challenged me and he said, look at your hands. And so I looked at him. He said, what can you do? And I, and I made a statement to him, well, I can write this book. And he said, well, then do it. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is there's two thoughts. Jesus talked about being faithful in the little things. He yeah. said, if you're faithful in least, you will be actually rule well over much. But if you're unfaithful in little, you actually won't be faithful in much when you get it, if you get it. From him, you won't. You might actually get it, but you won't get it from him. And so I would, t- I would challenge entrepreneurs in this thing. Look, make a list of the things you can be working on now. Don't think there's not something you can always work on. You know, when I've been caught in things where it felt like I could take no actions, I would write down declarations and start declaring what I believe was going to happen. That's faith. That's movement, right? Yeah. And then the second thing that, that, that comes out of that is to whom much is given, much is required. Required. And these two scriptures, I have I pretty much discipled my girls when they were in di- diapers. With these. They've heard these. They could wake out of a cold sleep and tell you these things. But because they're so important, because look, if you stay on this path, I would encourage all the people listening to this. If you stay on the path and you found those desires that burn in you and the blueprint of God inside of you, if you stay on the path, you're going to be successful. You're going to have a full life. And when you get there, there's going to be more required of you. Mm-hmm. So you need to you need to keep that in mind and st- and enjoy the moment of creating with the Father now. I mean, I love that daily. I daily create all the the courses and stuff. You know, I they come through me, but really, I believe they're a collaboration of myself and the Father's voice coming through them. And it's like so you can be collaborating with the Father while you're 
quote unquote shut down by the world because the world doesn't doesn't they can't take that from you. That's something you always have. Yeah, exactly. Well, we will put all Don's books and URLs in the show note. And uh, I think this is a, such a, you know, so rich the the episode. You probably have to go back to listen again. And make, I I cannot make any notes because I'm in the I'm in the middle of interview, so I gotta go back and listen and watch and then make a lot of notes. So Don, thank you so much again uh, for today your time and add so much value to us. Absolutely. One thing I'd like to tell your listeners is, and I can send you an email if you'd like to put it in your uh, notes. Um, I have a free product for anyone that wants this called lifebitesforlife.com. You can just go lifebitesforlife.com. If you go to that URL, I have 30 talks on there that are five minutes each, and they started out of the book of Proverbs, and they kind of break it out wisdom and understanding and some of my daily life things and some of the things I did. They're like five-minute segments for 30 days, and it's free. If you go to that, you can download them and start enjoying some of that uh, daily. Sure. We, we surely will put the, the link there as well. Okay. Awesome. So thank you so much again for, for today, really. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Talking about a whale of wisdom, right? So for all the links that we mentioned during the show, we will put in the show notes in kellybottle.com forward slash 088. Again, that's kellybottle.com forward slash 088. But before you go, I really want to say thank you for those of you that give us a thumb up, you put a comment below, share the video or share the podcast or leave a podcast review in iTunes because it is some work, uh, this labor of love, when we create week in and week out the episodes. So thank you so much. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider that if you enjoy the content, give us a thumb up and share with the people you know and care. We will really appreciate it. Are you one of the Christian leaders that you would like to stand out, establish your own blue ocean, and create a profitable business you love and totally identity aligned? Well, if you are, I would like to invite you to access to one of my free masterclass. Actually, was a live presentation on stage at my mentor, Chris Docker's uh, annual signature event called Youpreneur Summit. The presentation is called The Power of One Framework. And why is this so important? If you like to create a whole lot more impact in the coming year and beyond, you feel like you might hit a plateau in your business, or you have been touring around in the base camp, meaning in the bottom of the mountain that God asked you to conquer, then this presentation is for you. With all transparency, when you access to that presentation, you will be also added as my VIP list for the coming signature program called the Power of One Framework. It's a mentoring program, and we cannot be more excited about this because we haven't seen anything that this for Christian entrepreneurs just yet. And are you surprised? Actually, probably not. Why? Because God always likes to show off His wisdom. And what do I mean by that? Four months before that presentation, I was crying out to the Lord, say, Father, how can we help? 
How can we get rid of the imposter syndrome? How can we stop the comparison game and shining object syndrome? How can we get as many as your children to the past identity aligned that what you have called them to do, create a whole lot more profit so they have the margin to give more and serve more. So if you feel resonate with this message, then go to kellybada.com forward slash learn. I will see you there. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellybala.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellybala.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.